What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Incline listeners. Looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to The Incline, your Dodgers podcast for Dodgers talk, rumors, updates, and everything Dodgers. I'm Kevin Klein. I'm David Rosenthal. I'm Ian Nielsen. We're your host, and this podcast is powered by Dodgers Lowdown. And without further ado, it's let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's happening, people? Another week of the incline. Although this week's different than last week because it's official. Mookie Betts and David Price are coming to the Dodgers. But this time the Dodgers had to give up a little more. They had to trade Connor Wong and Jeter Downs in a package that I'll let my colleagues explain because I'm a little baffled by the Red Sox initially pulling out of this trade. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not a good look for the Boston Red Sox to have pulled out of this deal to begin with. Um, I know it ended up getting done. But it was not the best look for uh, new man, uh, new president or GM, whatever he is, Bloom, uh, from Tampa Bay as well to do this. It wasn't the best look. Um, but, yeah, the L.A. Dodgers basically, you know, rental or not, they're getting a top five player in baseball. And when you have the opportunity to do that, you do it, especially considering it didn't cost him a Gavin Lux. It didn't cost him a Dustin May. It cost him, you know, one of their – bigger name prospects in years, Alex Verdugo, who by all means is talented, but there was some limitations coming in already that we knew of. He probably wasn't going to reach a Bellinger level. And, you know, it's, it's in the Dodgers court now to decide if they want to re-sign him after this season, depending on how well he does, depending on how the fit is. But either way, when you get that opportunity, you know, they had to give up a little bit more. I wasn't upset with it. 
though I do think it hurts the credibility of Bloom, uh, having basically everyone known that Gratterall, who ended up being sent to the Dodgers, was looked at as a reliever because of health concerns. So, you know, definitely doesn't do the Red Sox favors. I don't think the Dodgers are any more injured, any more, um, you know, limited by this deal. I mean, they, they're loaded in the farm system and realistically Downs and Wong were not probably projected to have starting roles with the Dodgers anytime in the near future at all. Yeah. Uh, so basically what it comes down to is in the original deal, the, the Dodgers were only going to give up Verdugo uh, to the Red Sox, uh, flip Maeda for Cretoral and come away with Mookie Betts and David Price. But uh, I think this is all on the Red Sox ownership. I don't, I think Bloom was fine with the package. I think he was fine with Gratoral. Uh And I think the ownership uh, stepped in and, and heard, heard the noise from the outside, heard all the backlash and said, well, hold on a minute. Uh, is there any way we can uh, get more? And uh, what ends up happening, as you guys said, is the Dodgers end up giving up Jeter Downs, who, who is a top prospect, uh, but the Dodgers are loaded at uh, middle infield. You know, they can retain Seager if they want. They got Lux, they got Muncie, they have Taylor. They can get Kike uh, extended if they want. So this isn't too much of a hit to the, to the farm. But in the end, they get Gratoral, who is 21, throws 100 miles an hour. Uh, and despite the medicals, the Red Sox staff saying he might not project as a starter, uh, you know, his doctor, who is actually the Dodgers physician, is Dr. L. Atrashi, uh, Atrashe, I don't know exactly how to say it, uh, said he's fine. And uh, there's no long-term concerns. And the, the Dodgers don't need him as a starter. Uh, this is a guy I look at as the heir apparent to Kenley Jansen. Uh, you know, Jansen's a free agent after 2021, and I think Rhetorical can take over the uh, closing role. So in the end, I think the Dodgers did better. Uh, they get this. They get this prospect. They get. They basically bought a first round draft pick or a top 60 draft pick from uh, Minnesota, and that's that's exactly the. I think it was the 67th overall pick. And that's exactly the range where they drafted Verdugo. So essentially, they can just draft another Alex Verdugo if they want. Uh, this, is a, this is, again, masterful by Friedman. Uh, I think they pulled off better in the second deal than they did in the first. Yeah, I'm very happy with the overall outcome because, as you guys just talked about, Gratural, I think he's going to be a surprise reliever. In AAA and AA last season, he had a 192 ERA over 61 innings. He only and he struck out 61 guys as well. He had a very limited stint in the majors with the Twins last season. He had a 4.66 ERA, but again, he was only 21. So this guy is still young. He's going to work with Mark Pryor. I'm sure Mark Pryor is going to help him get command of his secondary pitcher pitches. And yeah, I really agree. I think he could be the heir to Kenley Jansen's throne. Yeah, no, very, very much so. Uh, one thing I think that's been overlooked to a certain degree this offseason, especially now that the Dodgers have picked up a 21-year-old prospect who is a top prospect, basically, um, that throws that hard, the L.A. Dodgers have upgraded what for years many have considered a weakness, their bullpen. And it seems to have flown under the radar. Yes, I know that you know what a lot of people saw is once a disastrous offseason has quickly turned into – in my opinion, the most productive offseason that Andrew Friedman's had at the helm. Um, mm -hmm. Getting Mookie Betts, of course, that's going to be the big ticket item. But the LA Dodgers have managed to add Blake Trinan, a former AL reliever of the year and all-star not that long ago. They've managed to bring back Alex Wood, Jimmy Nelson, 
couple of under the radar guys. Uh, Ramos was a minor league sign. He could end up being great. And Grataro, Grataro, however you say his name. So the Dodgers have added to a pen that um, I, I project will be one of their biggest strengths next season. I would not be surprised if it's a top five pen in the National League. Um, so that, that that's another thing I think that's kind of forgotten and we'll really see it this season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it shapes out um, because there's going to be a lot of guys who we all think are going to be on the major league team end up being the minors uh, because there's there are 26-man rosters this year, but you can only have 13 pitchers. Uh, and the guys they have currently on the roster, these guys have to be on the major league roster. There's no options, and there's uh, – you know, they either have no options or they signed MLB contracts. So it's Kershaw, Price, Wood, Nelson, Jansen, Baez, Kelly, and Trinan. And then you're going to have Bueller and Arias, uh, who are locks to make the team. So that leaves three spots in the, on the pitching staff. And here's, here's the mix of players they're going to have to choose from. It's going to be between, for three spots, Dustin May, Adam Kalerik, Gratorl, Tony Gonsolin, Stripling, Ferguson, Floro, and Alexander. So this is going to be a tough call. You know, I, I think you're going to have to choose one lefty. Uh, so it's going to be either Alexander, Ferguson, or Kolarik for sure. Absolutely. So it's basically, you know, two spots for either May, Gratorl, Stripling, Gonsolin. You know, this is a not an easy decision. And uh, for me personally, I don't think you can leave May off the roster. I think if it comes to it, you start Gonsolin and AAA. I would agree. I would agree. Um, and yeah, it's just hard for me to imagine Dustin May with all that talent, well, um, not having an MLB role. But with that being said, um, all that really matters is that they're on the roster come October because I'm willing to start Dustin May in, you know, AAA in April. But as long as he's on the roster in October, that's the real concern to me. I agree because. I think there is a potential log jam in the rotation and, and you can't have Dustin May starting the season in the bullpen. He's got to build it up as a starter. So if it's got to be triple A, it's got to be triple A. Yeah. I mean, that could make sense. Uh, but I mean, you got to look at, you know, these guys, I, what are they going to do with Nelson and wood is my question. Are they going to put Nelson in the bullpen? Uh, Cause I got too many starters right now. And what is Ross Stripling going to do? You know, I know hey. the team loves him. But, I mean, they honestly don't need him. There's still a chance. They really don't need him. Yeah. There, there's still a chance he may um, not even start the season with the Dodgers. And I'm sure uh, this will be Kevin's next topic to transition to after the Angels deal fell, fell through. So, you know, after all that, I, I still would not be surprised if he starts the season elsewhere. Well, yeah, possibly. But Friedman just said today, you know, both guys, Peterson and Stripling, uh, they're happy. They're he's happy. They're members of the 2020 Dodgers, and both guys are also happy about that. Uh, you know, he says they'll be important pieces for this year. So it sounds like they're going to keep him. Yeah, definitely good with them keeping Jock. Well, yeah. we were just talking about who's going to be a starter. We got an exciting time of baseball coming up. Spring training is literally right around the corner, so that's going to really help narrow down who the Dodgers' starting five will be to kick off the season. Mm-hmm. And, and they could he, easily they could go with a six-man rotation too. They very well could. It's always good to keep your arms fresh, give guys an extra day off. It never hurts. And yeah, Ian Here's just Sean mentioned Price, 
Ian mentioned the Angels. Kind of a laughable organization pulling out of this trade for no apparent reason other than Artie Moreno trying to stroke his ego. Mm-hmm. That was Jock yeah. Peterson and Ross Stripling were supposed to be in Anaheim. And, and Andy Pages, top 30 prospect. Yeah. And by all accounts, this was going to be a major upgrade for the Angels because they were literally giving up nada. But no, Artie Moreno had to just pull out and mess up everything. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think people are starting to see what I've been saying for years is that Artie Moreno is one of the worst owners in all of baseball. Um, the Angels, again, make another gaffe, uh, I think, pulling out of this deal for, like you said, no apparent reason. Um, I highly doubt that the L.A. Dodgers all of a sudden um, just broke their word and said, no, but you know what, we're not interested in this trade anymore. We know that it was Moreno, and we know it's not on uh, Billy Epler. We know it's on the ownership. The Anaheim Angels had an opportunity to upgrade their lineup significantly and put a guy at the top of their order who has a ton of pop and would have more opportunities than he's going to have with the Dodgers ultimately because A.J. Pollock very well could end up start claiming a borderline starting job in the outfield. Beyond that, he could also DH. And add, and to me, Ross Stripling, that's the big thing that I don't get with the Angels. They're a team that already lacks depth in pitching, and they basically turned away a legitimate arm. And they're looking to win a pennant race, and you need arms and you need depth. That's what got the Cardinals to the playoffs last year. They weren't particularly the greatest offensive team. They weren't particularly the most impressive team with some of their starters, but they had a ton of depth, and they rode that wave to October. And I'm just kind of left confused, and I think this looks terrible for the Angels. If they don't make the playoffs this season, uh, this could be something that's really talked about. Yeah, I mean, Kevin said it. I mean, Artie Moreno is is out of his mind for this. I, I mean, it makes no sense. You know, you sign Anthony Rendon to compete, and because you're unhappy and you're impatient with how long a trade is taking, you, you pull out of it to, to show them who's boss. I mean, what are, you, what are you guys doing? I mean, they signed Julio Tehran and Dylan Bundy to eat innings. But aside from that, you know, who knows what Otani's going to be able to do on the mound this year coming off Tommy John. Haney is another guy injury prone. And then Griffin Canning, who, who's pretty solid, but still super young. Stripling would have been perfect for them. And they're missing uh, an outfielder. Uh, they have Trout and Upton and uh, no one else to play the uh, third outfield position. You know, they got Brian Goodwin, uh, you know, who's, you know, serviceable at best. Uh, but Jock Peterson would have fit extremely well in that lineup. That would have been I, – I just can't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, They lost 30-something home runs out there from a left-handed bat, and uh, they could have replaced it easily. Calhoun's now in uh, Arizona. So, yeah, those are pretty – pretty boneheaded mistake and now now it makes it seem as if all Anthony Rendon is is expensive slight upgrade over Cole Calhoun in the lineup that's really what it's starting to feel like well you know, while, while it could have looked a lot different he's he's you know expensive Mike Trout protection that's it yep that's it plus I think they were also paying Calhoun about 14 million last season they cut him and they could have acquired Jock Peterson for seven point seven five, yeah, half that, seven point seven five million. Mm-hmm. And no, it's a big bat they lost. And Ross Stripling had a legitimate chance to be their number three and potentially um, a rotation guy in the postseason. But they they just they walked away. Yep. So yeah, two I was, guys. I was kind of hoping they'd compete with the Astros, but I don't see that happening now. No, yeah. no way. So there are two guys that did have to say goodbye. 
and it's Tyler White and Kyle Garlick. And I'll start with Tyler White because I had no faith in this guy. I I honestly said he wasn't going to make it out of spring training. The cheating really benefited his career, and it really showed when he joined the Dodgers. I don't even think he hit 100. (laughs) Yeah, he had the great Subway diet or whatever, but his time with the Dodgers had to go. So good riddance, Tyler White. Yeah, I mean, I – I was willing to give him a chance, uh, as I said, you know, about a month ago on here. Uh, I still think, you know, they, they are a little shorthanded in terms of right-handed hitting off the bench. Uh, that responsibility is going to basically fall on Pollock and Kike. Uh, so, you know, it's, I mean, it's not a loss. Two guys had to go, you know, garlic will catch on somewhere else. Dodgers are loaded in the outfield in AAA and their prospects. So, I mean, they're fine. Yeah, uh, Tyler White, I, I frankly never understood the acquisition last season. He was far from what the team needed. Uh, the last thing they needed was a right-handed bat who's going to be unproductive. And for some reason, the Dodgers went out and acquired three of those at the deadline. Still don't understand why. Um, but, yeah, another bigger loss to me is um, Lahab religion, Kyle Garlick. You made the city proud. You brought energy to Los Angeles for a good couple weeks in there in the middle. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, Kyle Garlick, um, frankly, he, unfortunately for him, he, I think he had some pop. I think he could have, you know, really made a difference in another organization. I'm sure he will. He'll get a chance to see more innings, see more at-bats. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's the same thing with the Dodgers, man. It's like there's guys on this team's bench that would be – legitimate middle-of-the-order starters on a lot of teams. Hernandez and Taylor are the two that really pop out in my mind. So, you know, it's just another example of the L.A. Dodgers' depth, essentially, um, you know, being the difference of guys' careers. And it's a good thing. I think it's honorable that the organization allowed um, not as much Tyler White because, you know, he was an ex-Astro. But um, Kyle Garlick could go elsewhere. So, you know, it had to be done. And one thing I want to add, I don't like rooting against players, uh, especially minor leaguers, uh, but the guy the Dodgers gave up for Tyler White is a reliever named Andre Scrub, who's now in the Astros organization. And I'm sorry, Andre, uh, but I hope you don't help the Astros contribute because I don't want this to be another Jordan Alvarez situation uh, because, well, it's pretty self-explanatory. So sorry, Andre, but I hope you get traded and succeed somewhere else. I feel you. I don't know why, but Tyler White sounds like a future angel to me. That's just me. You guys get a look at the I, – I might butcher this. Pakota prediction, predictions? Pakota. I actually did. Let me Go pull ahead, it up Ian. real quick. The Pakota predictions for next season, right? Mm-hmm, 2020. Yeah. I believe it had the Dodgers – I'm going to look right here. I've got it in front of me. I think it was 103 wins. Yeah, and this was previous to the Mookie Betts trade. Um, I, you know, it's same thing USA Today puts out every year. Um, it actually has the Mariners, I believe, for the second worst record, uh, which I, I think there's probably about four to five teams in the league that you can say will definitely have 100 losses. I would go to, say, Baltimore or Detroit, probably Seattle. I don't think Miami, actually. I think Miami, uh, probably Kansas City would be the other one. And I think it's projecting the Dodgers and Yankees likely, again, like all, all like everyone believes. To stop. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Let me – Yeah, well, you could go ahead, David. This is 
this is as of today, so this is including Mookie Betts. So they project the Dodgers to win 102 and a half games. Uh, so they round up and say 103. Uh, you know, there's no one in the National League within 20, no, 15 games of the Dodgers. Uh, the next highest in the NL is 88. Uh, and these are definitely the most accurate and consistent uh, projections available. And the second place in the NL uh, West, Padres at 79 and 83. 99.9% uh, .9 playoff chance for the Dodgers. So, you know, I, I don't see this, you know, being perfectly accurate, obviously, uh, but I would agree with the playoff chances. I would agree with the rest of the division being, you know, uh, you know, triple A chances of getting to the, getting to first place. So, you know, the NL is not going to be a cakewalk in the playoffs. I'll say that much, but getting to the playoffs for the Dodgers will be a cakewalk. Yeah. We'll have more time to do a in-depth analysis on the San Diego Padres, but to do all that roster turnover and not even be projected to finish at 500, that is just so Padres. Yeah, they, they're just they're just trying, and they they keep trying. AJ Preller keeps making these trades with Tampa Bay, who I actually like both of the trades they made. I like getting Sam, and I like getting uh, Pagan. I don't know what Tampa Bay's doing. I, I guess they lost Bloom, and they're a little lost. But uh, you know, the, their Padres bullpen it will give the Dodgers trouble for sure. Yeah, so I'm gonna read off some of the San Francisco Giants' big offseason moves since they're projected a whole whopping 68 wins. Get your popcorn. You guys can. Then you guys can evaluate how Farhan's doing out in San Francisco. Try not to laugh here, everyone. Right, so they just signed Hunter Pence to a one-year deal just the other day. They signed Billy Hamilton to a minor league deal. They signed the crybaby Wilmer Flores to be their everyday second baseman. They signed Pablo Sandoval to a minor league deal. Panda. They brought back former Dodger Trevor Oaks to a minor league deal. Drew Smiley, a one-year contract. He's a left-handed starter. Old man reliever Jerry Blevins, they signed him to a minor <laughs> league deal. They signed Zach Cozart, who they originally released. Well, they brought him back. He missed all of last season, I believe, due to injuries. Former Padre Tyson Ross signed him to a minor league deal. And Kevin Gaussman, um, a guy the Dodgers were targeting. We don't know if he's going to be a starter or a reliever just yet, but they got him on a one-year deal while letting their ace, Madison Bumgarner, and their closer, Will Smith, walk away? Um, the bigger issue, um, in my opinion, with what Farhan did, I, I, I'm not going to you know, totally pick apart what he did this offseason because the San Francisco Giants are, frankly, in kind of a, you know unwinnable situation, at least in the here and now. They're you know, committing all their money, essentially, to – aging veterans that are not getting any better. Brandon Belt, Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, to name the majority, obviously. Um, my concern with what they did, and frankly, I'm glad they did it, don't really want to see them succeed for obvious reasons, is the fact that they allowed Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith to even walk in free agency. These guys should have been dealt at the deadline last season when mm -hmm. they thought they were going to make the – I don't know why they thought they were going to make the playoffs with that yeah. offense. Boch, it's uh, the Bochi farewell tour. Yeah, well – It screwed them. Yeah, and just kind of like the Eli Manning farewell tour has basically kept the New York Giants from properly rebuilding in New York. And, you know, it's delayed um, a lot. Funny, right? Two Giants caring way too much about legacies of other guys instead of winning. So, yeah, I mean – 
especially the fact that Madison Bumgarner signed a five-year deal for only $80 million. It kind of feels like something San Francisco could have done. I kind of feel like he might have gone back to San Francisco had they offered him basically what Arizona offered him. So, yeah, they so, weren't going to do that. So they're, they're, they're a little bit ridiculous to me. They're a big non-factor in that division. And, you know, they're not one of the teams I fear going forward in that division at all. They're only one other team that I feel like will even challenge the Dodgers during the twenties legitimately. And that's the team that's loaded up in prospects still the Padres. Yeah. Um, All right. I want to talk about the Dodgers offense for a minute. So we basically know the 13 players who are going to be on the opening day roster. It's going to be Will Smith and Barnes behind the plate infield. You're going to get Muncie Lux, uh, you know, Kike, Seager, Taylor, Turner, outfield, you know, Bellinger, Betts, Pollock, Peterson, and Beatty with the last spot, in my opinion. They could start any combination of those minus Austin Barnes and have the best National League lineup, possibly MLB lineup in in baseball. Uh, You know, there's home runs from everyone. There's average from everyone. There's speed from almost everyone. This is the most potent and powerful offense I think we've seen in in 10 years. It's going to be dangerous. If I was a pitcher on an opposing team, I I don't know what I would do. I I would be beside myself trying to to get this lineup out. Yeah, no, the the LA Dodgers um, have one of the best offenses on paper that I've seen in a very long time. I I really don't think – I mean, I've been getting a little cocky about this, but I really don't think there's a lineup that compares in Major League Baseball. I mean, yes, the Yankees have the next best one, but I really think the Dodgers, by a long shot, if the guys play up to what we imagine they will play, if I mean, if every player on this team and in that lineup performs at the level they performed last season, including the new addition of Mookie Betts, of course, um, I – I would be shocked if they, they're they're not in the World Series. I'd be surprised if they don't win it. If they don't, if they're not able to make it happen this year, all healthy, um, then something's wrong. And yeah, this is about as good of a chance as we've seen as fans in a very long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just added a 301 lifetime hitter, and you can say what you want about batting average, it still <laughs> looks pretty damn good. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. When you're 301 lifetime, that's impressive. And for, you know, let's let's get this out in the open too. Andrew Friedman did his job. The front office did their job. They are going to be over the luxury tax, so no one can say they're cheap and they only care about getting on the luxury tax. No. Okay? The front office and Andrew Friedman did everything possible. They offered Garrett Cole $300 million. They acquired Mookie Betts. They signed Blake Trinan. They signed starting pitching depth. Uh, you know, and they can make deadline moves too. I mean, they're in such a good position. The front office and Friedman did a phenomenal job and this is entirely, entirely all on the players and, unfortunately, Dave Roberts going forward. Uh, he does worry me. Uh, he's in a very <laughs> powerful position. Uh, you know, he's, he's – the expectations are going to be high. He still has to manage pitchers in the postseason, which gives me nightmares. But with this roster and this offense, I think the players – you know, it's, it's on the players. It's simple. they got to hit in the postseason. They they put the best players out on the field, and now it's time for them to perform. It's it's that simple. Yeah. Um, no matter what happens this season, um, I, I don't want to ever see any tweets that 
complaining about the front office or complaining about Friedman or Fraudman Twitter, whatever they call it. Yeah. Um, th- there's absolutely nothing more that he or Stan Caston or anyone in that front office could do to build a World Series winner. He's, he's laid it all out on the line while maintaining the core prospects and really not hurting the future whatsoever. So, and yeah, he had to deal with idiot owners, people backing out on their word. Scott Boris. Scott Boris. Um, the Dodgers, without a doubt, in my opinion, won the offseason. Yeah, the yep. Yankees signed 100%. Garrett Cole, but that's it. They signed Garrett Cole. The Dodgers acquired Mookie Betts. Who plays every day. Who plays every day, exactly. We've talked about him enough. And then they signed – or they traded for David Price. And I think David Price is going to be a real under-the-radar gem pickup when people were counting him out. I mean, at his peak, he can throw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. He also throws an 87-mile-per-hour cutter with excellent movement. He throws a hard changeup and the occasional curveball. So, four-pitch pitcher, David Price, veteran, Cy Young Award winner. I expect a really big season out of him. And Mark uh, my words. Important. Go ahead. David Price will be an all-star in 2020, just like Matt Kemp was. I could see it. And an important thing to note here is the Dodgers are excellent at load, load management in terms of their pitchers. And Price is a guy who will benefit from that. Uh, you know, they put the training wheels on their prospects for years. And, you know, with, with Kershaw recently, last year, they, they kind of, you know, they eased him into it. They let him go six innings, no more, no more than 90, 100 pitches. And with Price coming off the, the left wrist injury, uh, his cyst should be all healed. He says he's healthy. Uh, I think they're going to, you know, tread carefully in terms of his workload. And he's a guy who, who normally can throw 200 innings. But with this Dodgers team, they don't need that. You know, as we mentioned before, they have guys lining up to get starts. Uh, so I think they're going to, you know, take Price slow, get him healthy for the postseason, and then I think he'll come out to play. Yes. So I don't know if it's time to talk about it, but there was a certain rule change that was proposed that Ian brought up about the playoffs and I want to get your guys' opinion on it. Yeah. So to those of you who may not know, there was essentially a rule change proposed in baseball to edit the way the um, postseason was played. And I've got it right here. Essentially what would be happening is in the league, The change would be that we've got a wild card game would go away. So the first round would become two best of three. It would uh, become a best two of three series uh, because the format would be changed from five teams to seven teams. Uh, After that, the top seed in each league would get a bye. And then the team with the best records would pick their opponents. I'm going to be honest. I am in huge favor of changing the playoff format for baseball. I think it's ridiculous that there are only five teams. Uh, But the one-game wild card, uh, the five teams, the – I'm totally good with the change, but this is not it. This simply is not it. Um, In the NBA, when you've got, you know, correct seating where it's, you know, one through eight that are the best in your conference. Um, Granted, I do understand the divisions. I do understand the division winners. Though a team like Cleveland is certainly not more deserving in a lot of years to make the playoffs than, say, uh, what would be a potential third wildcard team in a much tougher division. Um, the reason for, you know, divisions in baseball is because baseball, unfortunately, is set up with American League, National League, and you need all the um, regions represented. So I understand that. 
But nevertheless, there needs to be a change, and this isn't it. I could propose a change, but I want to get David's reaction first. All right, I'm going to make this real simple. This is a joke. This is a literal <laughs> joke. This is not March Madness. This is Major League Baseball, okay? This is the format, the, the, the basic format of division winners and a wild card team has stood for a long time. Uh, Rob Manfred is a joke. For many reasons, he is a joke. He is the worst thing to happen to baseball in a long time. And this proposal, I, I think, is just a distraction from all this Astros noise. Uh, but to keep it simple, like, he is terrible. I mean, Rob Manfred is a joke. He is an utter embarrassment to baseball. And I'm going to read Trevor Bauer's tweet real quick. Uh, you know, uh, I, I love Trevor Bauer. I think he's great for baseball. He's outspoken. I'm just going to read this, and then I'm going to drop the mic on this topic because I think it's so asinine. So here's Trevor Bauer. No idea who made this new playoff format proposal, but Rob is responsible for releasing it. So I'll direct this to you, Rob Manfred. Your proposal is absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball. You are a joke. I agree, Trevor. All right. Well, let, let me give my input now because – to me, the playoff system is not broken. So why try to force something that doesn't need change? The regular season is where the ratings are starting to dip, not the playoffs. And for me, the issue has been for years now, player marketing. The player campaigns are so weak. Mike Trout, you could argue, is the best athlete in the world right now. And I know literally nothing about him other than he plays for the Angels. MLB, yeah. step up your game. Start doing cool commercials. You have Aaron Rodgers and Chris Paul and State Farm throwing a Cody Bellinger or something. Make these players more relatable rather than just entities, and maybe more fans are going to start supporting their local team. Yeah, there's a, there's a criminal problem in baseball, and I, I genuinely think like the perfect example is Mike Trout. It's not simply that he isn't making the playoffs because there's NBA players that – are not really factors in the playoffs that are selling shoes that people know the names of that are, you know, very successful. Uh, the player marketing is definitely a problem. And, you know, that's why to a certain degree, the ideas of maybe making the league a little bit more offensively based, changing certain things, such as maybe a potential DH in the national league, though a lot of people disagree with it. Baseball partially is a problem. And th this directly isn't on Manfred though. I completely agree with David. He's a terrible, terrible commissioner. Um, he's trying to do everything at once and he can't do one thing right. Yeah, no, he, he, he's a terrible commissioner. I completely agree though. I don't think it's on him. The fact that baseball's biggest conflict is that no other sport has a push pull between its core diehard fan base, which tends to be an older demographic that is not really interested in player centrism and a younger millennial fan group that is simply not interested in baseball because of their lack of promoting the player. And I think baseball's sort of at a crossroads that unfortunately has a problem that's a little bit difficult to combat that is possibly difficult for any of us to really come up with a solution for. Yeah. Well I mean, said. Yeah, that's, that's well said. All right. Does anyone want to do their out of left field segment tonight? Uh, yeah, I'll go. I mean, I just have one quick one, and my out of left fields recently has just been things that annoy me, so I guess we can change the segment to things that annoy David. 
but mine today is people who yell and get mad at fast food and restaurant workers. I'm completely I, with you on that. I don't have, I can't say everything I want to say on the podcast here. Uh, but to sum it up is stop. Just stop. They're doing their best. They're working hard. They're trying to make a living. They're trying to support their family. You can be quiet and wait for your cheeseburger for an extra five minutes. You're going to be okay. I promise you, you're going to be okay. Don't take it out on the poor restaurant worker or fast food worker who's just trying to make a living, balancing tasks, and dealing with annoying, rude people. So just calm down. It's going to be okay. You're going to stuff your face with your cheeseburger in a little bit more time. I promise. So everyone who's doing that, just calm down and be nice. Well, yeah, Boomer um, kind of may I speak to the manager culture is certainly toxic in this society. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. Mine also has to do with people trying to make a living, I guess. So I was catfished recently. Oh. And no, I wasn't trying to date anybody. I was okay, I just had to make sure on that one. I was catfished maybe five or six times in the last week because I was trying to buy concert tickets on a Facebook event page for an event that wasn't even close to selling out. And yet every single time when I was ready to pay them, something sketch would happen, whether it was they wanted to audio chat with me, they'd randomly show me their driver's license out of nowhere, their English all of a sudden was broken. And I would just back out. People, stop trying to con other people for 20 bucks. It's really not worth anyone's time. I just don't understand why anyone has to fake a persona. Yeah, that's whack. Yeah, it sucks, bro. Um, I guess for my out of left field, though, it's not too out of left field. Um, man, is it flu season or what? I, maybe it's just me, but... I swear everyone around me is getting sick and all these sicknesses are lasting a very long time. Um, certain things, um, do not go to the gym and sweat and get your sweat all over benches and equipment because I can't tell you that I had to wipe off a bunch of sweat in the midst of flu season. Uh, so people really sick, use it. Yeah. If you're yeah. sick. If you're okay. sick, it just, yeah. just – yeah, it absolutely. You know, I mean, obviously, if you're not sick, but just, I mean, I swear, it's not a good time. And one of the most irritating things is people that um, seem to not care about others, and it's completely inconsiderate when they're sick as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's. I mean, I guess my big, my biggest thing is get your flu shot. You know, hopefully not now, but um, yeah, just stay clean, man, and sanitize, just, and just don't go to the gym if you're sick. Do yeah, I think that's a myth. Down. You know, some people say, go to the gym, you'll sweat it out. I don't think that's how it works. I'm not a doctor, no, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. Yeah. yeah, viruses don't just get sweat out. They have to, like, yeah, it's a whole different incubation process with your, get your soup, immune system. Get your soup, do your push-ups at home, come back later. For real. All right. If there's anything else sports-related or Dodgers-related, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, I'm just excited, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'll be going to spring training uh, early March. It'll be my first time going to spring training. 
And uh, I'm just excited to see all these guys back. I'm excited for Mookie Betts. I'm excited for Price, Gratoral, Trinan, all these new guys. And uh, I think I think this could be the year. Dodgers have really proved me wrong. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, I, I had a lot of lack of faith in their ownership in recent years for what I perceived to be kind of, you know, not really caring about winning as much and caring more about the profit they'll make through Moneyball and putting a team just in the playoffs. But it completely proved me wrong. I've never been more invigorated and excited for a team to start playing baseball. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm just so thrilled for the season to start. So I'm really excited. And I just would like to apologize and issue a formal thank you to the ownership of the Dodgers and to the um, front office, everyone. They, they really have made it happen. So I'm excited. I'm glad you guys are excited. I have nothing to do with the Dodgers in terms of on the field play, but I feel like I won the off season. I was pushing for Mookie Betts and David Price from the get-go. I also wanted them to sign an elite right-handed reliever. We got Blake Trinan. I'll take that. I defended Friedman and the ownership back in December. I said, don't call them cheap, not caring or lazy. And that came true as well. So I am really pumped for 2020. I think it's going to be a great season of Dodgers baseball. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening to this episode of The Incline. I think the next recording might actually be a spring training preview or a game might have gone down. I'm not sure, but I'm very excited. We're going to have some Dodgers baseball. It's right around the corner. Make sure to subscribe and follow Dodgers Lowdown as well. Have a great week all and have a happy Valentine's Day. We are out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.